0: It's been a sad week. I want to acknowledge the uh, sad events in Texas this morning – yet another school massacre that cost the lives of at least 10 people – mostly students. We send uh, to their families our condolences and pray for the speedy healing of the wounded. should have been a joyous week. The opening of the American Embassy in Jerusalem was right and proper and long overdue. Should have been done decades ago, in 1949, when Israel declared Jerusalem its capital. Many presidents, Democrats and Republicans promised to move the American embassy. It's American law, approved and supported by overwhelming consensus. It's for each country to declare its own capital. What other nation declares a capital unrecognized by the nations of the world? special reservation is reserved for Israel. The embassy will be in West Jerusalem. Who contests West Jerusalem? Only those who are implacably opposed to the very existence of the Jewish state. President Trump did not preempt the eventual borders of Jerusalem. He did not preclude a permanent status agreement. He simply acknowledged a fact. What should have been joyous – triggered such sadness. I am sad that so many Palestinians were killed and wounded. I do not consider my feelings a sign of weakness or tree-hugging liberalism – it is just Judaism. Basic humanity. Empathy is not a weakness – it is a strength. Compassion is not a weakness – it is a strength. Mercy is not a weakness, it is a strength. Our tradition describes Jews as rachmanim b'nei rachmanim – compassionate ones the – eter- the children of compassionate ones. Judaism mourns human death – even the death of enemies. Upon observing the destruction of Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea, the rabbis teach that the angels on high burst out in praise and song to God. God, taken aback by the celebration, admonished the angels – my children are drowning in the sea – and you sing songs of praise. The reason for removing ten drops of wine from the Passover Kiddush cup is to remind us that the loss of life – even the life of the enemy – diminishes our joy. I am sad that Gaza is the way it is. That life is so difficult for over a million and a half Palestinians, to the extent that Israel could be doing more to make life better for Gazans – and doesn't – I am doubly sad. It need not be this way. Palestinians are a talented, educated people. Their potential is unlimited. Peace would produce immense dividends for both Israelis and Palestinians. There is another way for the Palestinians. They should try the way of coexistence and reconciliation that will not give them everything they want – but will give them much more than they have. Working together, trading together, inventing together – Israelis and Palestinians could transform that area into an economic and cultural oasis – enthusiastically funded and supported by the international community and corporate investors. It is therefore so sad to see the chasm between the potential and the reality. It is sad that peaceful coexistence is more distant than ever. I have long supported a two-state solution. I do not consider this a weakness or tree-hugging liberalism. Compromise is a sign of strength. It is the only way to resolve the century-old Palestinian-Israeli dispute. It is sad that Palestinians have the worst leadership – a cynical, exploitative, hateful, extreme leadership. It is sad that rather than shaping public opinion towards a better future, it perpetuates feelings of victimhood, rejection, rage and violence. It is sad that instead of working towards peace, Palestinian leaders keep the conflict going – whipping up the masses to self-destruction. They take international aid and Israeli supplies – and rather than constructing institutions of civil society – build weapons of war and tunnels of death. Palestinian rioters burned the pipeline this week at one of the Gaza crossings that supplies Israeli gas to Gaza. They destroyed their own supplies of energy. And with no pause for self-reflection, continued to complain about the lack of electricity. Israel left agricultural equipment behind when it withdrew from Gaza. Jewish philanthropists, many Americans, invested millions in infrastructure and training. Yet Palestinians burned these facilities down. And with no pause for self-reflection, continued to complain about living conditions. Palestinians lob missiles into Israel, build tunnels opening into Israeli kindergartens. And with no pause for self-reflection continue to complain of a border blockade. It is sad that for so many – even our own progressive colleagues, even our own rabbis and leaders – their first instinct is to berate Israel – finger-wagging admonishments. Don't forget to take all necessary precautions to prevent harm to innocent civilians as if israelis need to be reminded by us to avoid harming civilians no country takes more precautions to prevent harm to civilians the idf is the only military on earth that mobilizes an army of lawyers to accompany its soldiers on the front lines what happened this week was not a with this week on the gaza border was not a peaceful gathering of civilians. It was not a rally at Trump Tower. It was not a poor people's campaign on the Capitol Mall. Tens of thousands of Gazan civilians and thousands of Hamas and Islamic Jihad terrorists mobilized on Israel's border. Their purpose was to swarm Israel villages and cause death, mayhem. And destruction. Thank God they didn't get through. Can you imagine how many more deaths, Palestinian deaths, there would have been had they penetrated the border? Hamas sent civilians – men, women and even children – to dismantle the fence so that terrorists could rush in behind them killing and kidnapping Israeli soldiers and wreaking death and destruction on Israeli agricultural villages. They tried to breach the fence in twelve different locations, planting explosive devices on the border, releasing burning kites – some with swastikas, by the way – to burn Israeli wheat fields. They even published a map of the border communities they planned to infiltrate. Their purpose was, as stated by their leader, Hamas commander Yechia Sinwar. When you cross the fence, he exhorted the crowd, tear the hearts out of the Israelis. To suggest that it was a peaceful march of civilians exercising their right of free speech is preposterous. Hamas itself says so. In an interview this week on Al Jazeera, Mahmoud al-Zahar, former foreign minister of Hamas, said when we talk about peaceful resistance, we are deceiving the public. They didn't need to be there. They weren't defending their homes. They sought to attack other people's homes. They were not defending their fields. They sought to burn other people's fields. And they knew full well what the Israeli response would be that of any sane country. For weeks, Israel cautioned Gazans dropping leaflets and communicating with Palestinians in every conceivable way do not come to the border, it's dangerous. For weeks, Israelis pleaded with Palestinians stay at home. The descendants of Palestinian refugees do not have what they call a right of return to Israel. They have the right to live within the borders of a future Palestinian state. They do not have the right to destroy Israel. They have the right to peaceful coexistence side by side with Israel. They do not have the right to tear the hearts out of Israelis. They have the right to be good neighbors – or at least peaceful neighbors. If they attack Israel, Israel will respond like any other country. We in the West have aided and abetted a culture of Palestinian victimhood and rejectionism that – if anything – has strengthened over the years. What is this obsession? that we have with proportionality, asserted so self-confidently by Western intellectuals that encourages Hamas to use civilian shields. Israel has the right to self-defense, you claim, but it is exercising that right disproportionately. What has to happen to make Israel's use of force proportional? Sixty-two Israeli deaths? The number of deaths on the other side? Three kidnapped soldiers? Twelve houses destroyed? Five burned fields? Will that satisfy your perverse principle of proportionality? You could then put pictures of two dead bodies. Side by side on the front page – one Israeli and one Palestinian – and call it proportional. This proportionality argument is the last refuge of the morally incompetent. Hamas admitted that 50 of the 62 people killed this week were its own members. 50 of the 62 people killed this week were terrorists. Three others were Islamic Jihad members. How is this for proportionality? Don't attack Israel and Israel won't attack you. What could be more proportional than that? That equation drives Israel's opponents apoplectic. They refuse to accept the proposition that Israel has a right to respond at all to missiles on schools, hospitals, tunnels swarming with murderers. The reason they insist is that everything is Israel's fault. The Palestinians are the way they are because Israel drove them to it. It is the soft bigotry of low expectations. What can we expect from the Palestinians? They are controlled by the Jews – deprived of free will. They rejected a two-state solution in 1947 – but they were driven to rejectionism by the Jews. The Palestinian Authority rejected three Israeli peace proposals in the past 20 years – but it is Israel's fault. Proportionality is a head fake – just another way to challenge Israel's right to self-defense. For for Israel's opponents, every response is disproportional. Israel has a right to self-defense, but its response is disproportional is really an argument that Israel has no right to self-defense. Because every bullet, every tear gas canister, every warning shot is judged disproportional. What is wrong with us in the West? What is wrong with our own people – progressives and progressive Jews? Even the Palestinian Authority criticized Hamas for putting civilians in harm's way. Even Mahmoud Abbas can see what we Westerners – progressives – cannot see. You willing to live in Gaza City? If you are gay, are you willing to live in Gaza City? Advancing the cause of the Palestinian gay community. If you are a liberal, a progressive, are you living to are you willing to live in Gaza peacefully protesting Hamas's suppression of civil rights? What do you think would happen to you? If you are a feminist, are you willing to live in Gaza and protest Hamas's suppression of the rights, status and standing of Palestinian women? And if not – and if you are not even willing to criticize Hamas or the Palestinian Authority for the lack of rights? Focusing only on what you perceive are Israel's wrongs. What does that really say about your commitment to the Palestinians at all? Do you really care about them? Or is it that Israel is what really bothers you? This is the fashionable bunk of our time. Mass, myopic, moral, malignancy – the rage of the self-righteous. They are so self-assured because they have never experienced anything but Western freedom. Terror is only a word for them. The fecklessness of people who have never had to contend with the real-life realities of the Middle East. Do they care? Does anyone care? Do they even know that in the past few weeks, Bashar Assad, with the support of Hezbollah, Iran and Russia, killed hundreds of Palestinians in the last few weeks? Hundreds of Palestinians were killed in a Palestinian refugee camp outside Damascus – a hundred miles from Gaza. It's one thing to point out – rightly human suffering. But you cannot be neutral between liberal democracy and authoritarian coercion. Between respect for human life and contempt for human life. Between dignity and cruelty. Between self-defense and terror. To confuse democracies with autocracies, to confuse terrorists with their victims is a moral disease. The strategy of using your own people as human shields, reeks of moral decay. That it is so difficult to find moral clarity today is a warning to our times. Something is amiss. I wish with all my heart that we live in a tranquil world. I wish that we were all reasonable, honest and peace-loving and preoccupied with the other's well-being – that what is hateful to us, we do not do unto others. I wish that Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, Syria – I wish they were all raised on the philosophy of John Rawls, John Stuart Mill and John-Jacques Rousseau. But Aladdin. The events of this week reflect the sadness of our times. Despite it all, Israel will prevail. The days of attacking Jews with impunity. The days of mindless violence against Jews. The days of murdering and maiming an acceptably proportional number of Jews, those days are over.